0: You're listening to Alabama Tradition with Ryan Fowler and Martin Houston on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. National championships, 27 SEC titles, 131 first-team All-Americans, 70 postseason appearances, 39 postseason victories. This is Alabama football. And this is Alabama tradition. With Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: tradition the past present future of the alabama crimson Tide. 17 national titles 27 sec titles when you talk about being ranked number one for 13 consecutive years nick saban has been able to do that and alabama takes that number one ranking into a game how about that kentucky comes in as a 30 and a half point underdog inside bryant diddy stadium we welcome in martin houston Martin, I hope you've had a great day. Welcome into Alabama tradition—the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I've had an
2: absolute great day, Ryan. It's a day that the Lord has made, so I'm so excited to be here. Do you and, like cold weather? Uh, no, Mm-mm. not a big cold. Are you, weather, are you really not?
1: You, you don't no, like? No,
2: no, no, no. I don't like the hot either. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so, so I, don't get me don't don't get me wrong. I mean, it, not I, this is not too cold, but you know,
1: especially for November. Hey, it was uh, it was fireplace season at the house uh, last night. Uh, you I, are with that fireplace, probably like the
2: people are with their Christmas trees. You know, Christmas trees going up. It's not Thanksgiving yet. So, so,
1: so I don't know if you heard the story, uh, uh, well. but you know, there's a damper on a fireplace, <laughs> and if you don't open it, yeah, it gets a little smoky. Yes, and I I lit a fire. You know, me being a uh, you know, I, I think I made. You're talking it. about you've litified this year. Yeah, last and night, last night, last night. I mean, I'm you know I'm a professional Cub Scout. I mean, I made it through about two years of Boy Scouts. Uh, I, I couldn't tie them darn knots, man. They had so many knots. You got, I didn't make it too many years in Boy Scouts, but I, <laughs> I did learn how to fire, build a fire. And I built this fire, and uh, I realized, oh my, I forgot to open the damper. Uh oh. And I had to take that leather glove, and I had to go into that, you know, that fire almost, and get that damper open. I, I was about ten seconds away from a disaster.
2: You gonna have to throw water on it.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, that was my only option. I do have a fire <laughs> extinguisher, but uh, yeah. So, you know that that's kind of like. Uh, hey,
2: Ryan, you know, uh, the, listen, watch this transition. Okay. Did LSU cancellation? Did that throw? Was that like throwing water on the... What
1: what a segue. What a segue. What a segue. But I was going to make fun of it. I was going to say, now the northern people, they're much more experienced than us southern folks are about lighting fires. you know. But we know a lot more about championships than those guys up there.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, So
1: Matt Jones, uh, Martin, will we look back at this game or the lack thereof and say that that's what will cause... Mac Jones a chance to win a Heisman Trophy. Let, let's say that we'll look back, you know, five weeks from now. When we look back if he loses? I'm not saying he's going to lose. I think he can, you know, rebound. Uh, but he, he he didn't have the eyes on him Saturday night, and, and that would have been perfect following the Masters on CBS to get those eyes on him. And uh, you you look at the uh, Mac Jones. Do you feel like that that would hurt him if he doesn't win it?
2: Well, it was kind of a double whammy, Ryan. Uh, it was the fact that he wasn't playing. But the guy who people are comparing him to, no one's comparing him to Trevor Lawrence. No one's comparing him to uh, Justin Fields. Everyone is comparing him to Trask, and we're beginning to say, well, if Matt Jones is in it, why isn't Trask in it? And so the whammy, it was a double whammy of him not playing, and no one seeing his eyes, and then... Not only was trash playing Ryan of those guys I just mentioned, he was the only one playing. Sure, and and he lit it up. I mean he 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 played extremely well. And some people say, well, that was against the Arkansas team. And you know, I don't care who you're going against. When I mean, you throw five touchdowns in the first half, uh, and then you turn around and that's your what six consecutive game where you've thrown four or more touchdowns, you set a record that Tua uh, had for most. Touchdowns in the first six games of a season, which twenty-seven, and then the announcers point out, "Oh yeah, by the way, he did this against all SEC competition." So you know, so he's doing some really special things while Matt was sitting at home. So I think it hurt Mac, but I think if Mac comes out against a Kentucky defense that has proven to be a pretty good defense, second, I think second-ranked defense in the past defense in the SEC, I think he can get right back into that spot.
1: So Mac Jones can uh, take uh, the authoritative approach, but you know, Martin, I think I look at it uh, from a Heisman perspective. When you look at trying to get that, I know Alabama's never been one of those that focused on. I mean, I think we we should have more than just two Heisman Trophy winners. If you if you look at it, uh, you you've got Mark Ingram, you've got Derrick Henry, but let, let's let's take a look. And, and Nick Saban, please turn off the radio if you're listening. And I know you have the Tide 100.9 app on your smartphone and. You know, you 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 got all the great, you know, connections, but we'd ask that you turn it off at this time because what we're about to talk about might irritate you a little bit. But let's look ahead. Let's say that Alabama continues on this path, Florida continues on this path. Let's say that Mac Jones and Kyle Trask is at the top, that Trevor Lawrence doesn't get back in it from that standpoint. Could it literally go down to the SEC championship game? Because we love winners and the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, you
2: know what will be interesting, Ryan, is I I think that is a collision that is going to happen one way or the other. Um, And I think both of those guys will ultimately, if they continue to play, will be in the finalists. You know, um, it it seems that there's a contingency out there that wants to give it to Justin Fields just because Justin Fields is playing. And even though he's playing well, but you cannot overlook the season that these two guys are having and if they both lead their teams to a championship in the SEC, 10 straight games with one or fewer losses, and then they go head-to-head. And, and I hope that voters will wait this year. I, I really hope voters will wait this year till the season plays out, uh, especially since it's such a crazy COVID-19 kind of world. And if I think that if voters wait, Ryan, and send the votes in after that, I think you just nailed it. It will come down to those two in that game.
1: And if you look at the Big Ten, it is an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> uh, I mean, you look at, look at it. I mean, we're, you know, Indiana's undefeated. Well, they're, they're undefeated. They're a pretty good-looking football team. But when you, when you back up a couple of minutes, there somebody's got to be with a win-loss record. I mean, somebody's got to be at the top. So Indiana did go to East Lansing. And get Michigan State, but they they travel to Columbus, Ohio, this weekend. I guess when you look at Ohio State's schedule, I don't know it by heart, but uh, when when you look at the Buckeyes, Indiana this weekend, the Illini next weekend uh, from Champaign, Michigan State, and then Michigan. I think Indiana
2: has more wins than the remaining. I I, three. Talk, I think you're I, dead
1: on it. Yeah, I uh, I
2: don't think. And <laughs> looking at the three uh, that, that above that, oh, they may actually they may have as many wins as the. <laughs> one, uh, Penn two, State has nothing. Rutgers, yeah, um, and Maryland. Three. Maryland wow. doesn't count. Yeah, right, right. So, so they. Indiana may have. Uh, we need to get the guys in the booth over there to count the wins, Ryan. But I'm, I'm thinking it's close that Indiana potentially has as many wins as everybody on. <laughs> that so is sad. I
1: mean, you look at this this Buckeye schedule, but but Martin, I think the one thing. I mean, you study leadership. Uh, you you've You've always understood what it takes to, to be a leader, and sometimes you, you develop leadership in adverse time. When you back up and you take a look at this, this COVID virus, managing everything to intertwine with this, setting out, suspended, uh, you know, trying to manage this game, this game, and, and all the different things, we've got a lot of distractions. When you take a look at, at this leadership you're kind of identifying coaches that struggle with certain things, and then you're finding out coaches that maybe are better than what we thought at managing situations out of their control.
2: Yeah, it's definitely an opportunity for some different skill sets uh, to be employed as far as the football season is concerned, and some of these guys have shown the inability to do just that. Uh, And I think Jim Harbaugh being one of the worst, Ryan, when you look at what – he has going there, um, they are a complete disaster, uh, and and it shows that maybe because you didn't have all the hype train and all of that hype stuff, and you really had to lead and keep these guys engaged, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? You have to keep these guys engaged and get buy-in, and, and this generation, even though they may have some weaknesses, one of the things that they are really good at is finding out if you're authentic. and and really concerned about them and care about them. And I think you're seeing some coaches uh, suffer from not being authentic with their players.
1: That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler, Josh and Bryant behind the scenes. We're going to get things started. We're going to get things into the conversation. We've got Nick Saban audio. We've got Mark Stoops audio. We've got things to get to, a lot of conversations. But if you want to be a part of the conversation, there's a couple of different ways you can tweet at us, which is maybe the second least favorite, but uh, uh, we, we prefer the old-fashioned way. Pick up the telephone and be a part of conversation, and you can do that at 205-342-9904. We call this talk radio. It's a two-way street, not a one-way street. We like to uh, to get feedback, communicate with the Alabama fans. You could also tweet at us at Martin Houston 35 if you can't pick up the telephone, and we get it. Uh, at Mart Houston thirty five at Ryan C Fowler connect with us there. We're talking more Alabama Crimson Tide football. Mark Stoops talks about Mac Jones three minutes right here on Alabama tradition: the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Pharmacy at Midtown, locally owned and operated by T.J. Thomas. We offer retail as well as custom compounding medications, great customer service, the longest-running, privately-owned, independent pharmacy in Tuscaloosa, located in Midtown Village. If you go to the back of Midtown Village, second floor, right there close to the bookstore, playground, close to the elevator, it's The Pharmacy at Midtown, contracted with most insurance carriers, state-of-the-art compound compounding facility the only sterile compounding pharmacy in Tuscaloosa County medication therapy management offered multi-dose packaging available for assisted living or patients living at home who take numerous medications the pharmacy at Midtown with TJ Thomas
0: you are listening to Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler. Your connection to Tuscaloosa and the University of Alabama Athletics on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Rumors spreading around. takes time.
3: About to go. All right, we got Mark Stoops Do talking
1: about, about Mac Jones. When you listen my back my at really Mark Stoops, he's of recruited best. Mac Jones at a Bowles High School in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Mark Stoops said this about that starting quarterback. When you listen back at Mark Stoops talking about Mac Jones, this is what the head coach at Kentucky had to say. Uh, without a doubt, we, we, we did uh, uh, recognize Matt early on in the process and uh, Coach Henshaw and all of us watched him early, um, you know, and we were impressed. We, we felt like there was a bright future for, for him and he's certainly proven us right. Uh, I wish he was here, but uh, we, we uh, still uh, really love Matt and his, his family, a great young man, and it's really uh, you know, good to see him doing so well and playing at such a high level. He's been so accurate, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I wish he was here, but but happy for Mac. Hey, look at Mac Jones. We spent a lot of time talking about him, but we talk about rest versus rust. Uh, is the rest better than, you know, you, you get healthy uh, when you talk about the six-game stretch uh, for Alabama, but then you back up a couple of minutes uh you expect this team will show some rust against the Kentucky Wildcats. Martin Houston going into game number seven, Alabama 6-0. and uh, But it's been – it will be uh, 21 days since they last played their uh, game.
2: It could be a little bit of rust. Uh, I think that you'll see them get past that pretty quick. Um, we had a similar situation in, in our high school, and we actually played one of our better games. Uh, I think defense mentally will maybe sharper after the first drive or so, Ryan, because – They had a chance to go back and do some self-scouting and get some things worked out, and they were playing at a high level when it ended, but they just put that to, well, I say just put in. We just saw the zone. It'll be interesting to see if they continue to uh, employ that as part of the defensive strategy, I hope so, especially since uh, uh, we're playing a running quarterback.
1: So, Martin, when you you back up a couple of minutes, you got to try to find a way to get things fixed yourself, but on the defensive side of the football, we're kind of watching something, and I look back at teams that are struggling right now. Not all, but a lot of those guys have defensive-minded head coaches. You know, when I look at Kirby Smart, or we want to talk about Muschamp getting fired on Sunday night, but but there's other examples. You've got offensive coaches. Jim Harbaugh would be an outlier in this conversation. Mike Leach is an offensive guy. He's struggling. But there seems to be a lot of defensive mindset Uh, minded coaches struggling is that because they're not willing to give enough to their offensive flexibility
2: i think it's twofold i think uh some of it is you know the lack of evolution in terms of the offensive side and what they're able to to produce ryan but i also think is part of it is you have to play defense differently in this age too and uh saban you know, I, I was interested to see would he change and play zone against um Mississippi State because L S U refused to and we saw what what happened and these offenses have changed and they've learned how to play against these man press, you know, defenses and the guys you're talking about specifically Mushchamp and Kirby, where they come from, you know? I mean you have to look at and that's one thing as much as saban evolved and changed on the offensive side has he has he been reluctant to modify the defensive side yes he has and has it has it hurt us some
1: probably so yeah so uh so you look at muschamp anything anything when you look at muschamp he coached with him at lsu he was a part of that 2003 national championship game uh there with with you know, in LSU, Uh, he went to – I mean, it shows you the relationship. Uh, Nick Saban goes to the NFL. Uh, Muschamp goes with Nick Saban to the NFL. Uh, Then he goes to Texas. He was that coach-in-waiting type terminology. Actually, I think he went to Auburn. Then he went to the coach-in-waiting there in Texas, 2008, 2011. He coached against Nick Saban on the 2009 National Championship game. But you look at a guy like Muschamp who now has a – Extremely large buyout. Could we see him back in Tuscaloosa? I mean, does he come to the coaching rehab program? Well, I you know I put a poll question up uh, on that Martin Houston three five asking that question,
2: and I thought some of the responses were were interesting. Ryan, some thought, well, he doesn't have that same type of relationship with Saban that he once had because Saban overlooked him. You know, for (laughs) for that uh, championship game. I mean, the defensive coordinator down at Miami. But I still think that it's a very, very high possibility. Uh, and you want to it,
1: hook, hit your wagon to Nick Saban. Right.
2: It, it, the, the only question that, that, that they brought up, and I, I thought it was pretty interesting, Right. the, the percentage-wise, it was 59% said yes, 33% said no, 8% said only if he's the D.C., if he gets the de- defensive coordinator job Others thought that he may not end up here because he will end up with Kirby in Georgia in the same program. You know, Kirby copies everything, so but, but, you know he's going to have to do that.
1: But, but Martin, and, and I agree with those, but let's let's just analyze it here for just a minute, okay? When you look at Muschamp, I don't think he can be a part of a program that goes down. And, and here's what I'm saying because he's been fired now uh, times two, uh, Florida and South Carolina let's let's go to Kirby Smart here for just a minute. Cause I See, I buy that he could be in some issues. I look at George, and I'm not saying they're going to fire him, but that seat could become very uncomfortable. He mismanaged that quarterback room, and you and I have talked about it multiple times when you go to Kirby Smart. And if you're a dog fan, you got to sit there and you ask your question. Florida's now coming. Dan Mullen's got that program clicking. Um, when you look at it, Think about if you're an offensive-minded player. You're a wide receiver. You're a running back. I don't think I would even look at the dogs.
2: Right, running backs may, but that's all they have. So, so, But, but when it comes to having the skill set, you're looking at the quarterback room, what excites you about next year? Nothing. I mean, so, so you may even see some guys jump in the portal on that. Yes, he's totally mismanaged it. And then I think not only did he mismanage it to begin with, he's mismanaged it moving throughout the season. So totally. uh, it's going to magnify it.
1: So you you look, and I, I think Georgia can win out. Uh, they've got Mississippi State this upcoming weekend. Then they go to South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and then they end up with a bowl game. But uh, you've got the blemish there. But if you're a dog fan, you're sitting there going, well, we had Nick Saban against the ropes. I mean, we had Nick Saban against the ropes. I mean, we, we had him. Three big. times in a row. Yeah, and and let him off.
2: Three times in a row.
1: So at what point do you kind of convince yourself that this guy is headed, he can recruit. That's really the only thing different between him and Mark Rick. They're they're the same program.
2: Listen, I've, I've said it before. Until he gets past Nick Saban, he's only done, I mean, Mark Rick, someone was saying that someone was better than Mark Rick. I can't remember where it was. And I said, no, they're not. They put Harbaugh in the same boat with Mark Rick. and I said Mark Rick would have two national championships and still probably be the coach at Georgia if there was no Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa.
1: <laughs> so, to go back to what you, what you look at with with UGA, and I'm not I'm not here to put Kirby Smart on the hot list. I'm just saying that seat becomes warmer. It becomes like it, you go into 2021, going it, it's 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 now prove it time. Sh- show me. And you've got to do that as you said without a quarterback room
2: well in in the, the here's the big question Ryan what quarterback is Kirby after that Mullins may be after and then where is that guy gonna go with Mullins getting the credit of being a quarterback whisperer sure, sure so if they have a have a duel I don't know if they do or not over a quarterback and like you said he, here's the thing Kirby had Kirby is potentially his own worst enemy meaning that he had good recruiting which that's what Nick Saban is, the backbone of his your program. And he brought in good coaches, and then they had success immediately on the field. Got to where they wanted to get to immediately, Ryan, but did not finish the job. You go back and look at what he's done in the first half against Alabama in three games, it is eye-opening. But the second half is equally as bad. And so... <laughs> That no matter what lead he gets in the first half, he can't get such a lead in the first half that he can win the second half. And, and and the expectations now of Georgia have been raised. So once the expectations are raised, Ryan, hot seats become different. They have different meanings. Is is Georgia going to get to the point where he needs to win a national title in in by a certain time, or they're going to be in the same boat they were with Mark Rick? Every year you're going, well, who do we get? Is he gonna stay? And all that does is hurt your recruiting, so you never get over the hump.
1: <laughs> well, and I just don't think that Kirby Smart is an elite football coach because when I look at games that he gets beat, it's usually a coaching mistake of, of making a poor decision. And I think that's when you when you have that relationship with Nick Saban. I thought at times he was grasping, you know, w- wanting to see, you know, hey, is uh, Nick Saban? You know, when you look at over his shoulder, is Nick Saban there to try to you know make that decision for him? Because he's got beat with some very critical decisions, even going back to his first loss, his first season against Vanderbilt. Yeah, it got him beat.
2: Yeah, he 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 totally has made. There's obvious coaching decisions, um, strategy, or. Etc. That he's done. Even this year, George, in the second half, I think they said Georgia ran the ball after we went up after the ninety-yard touchdown by Waddle. I think Georgia ran the ball three times. How wow. how do you make that decision when your quarterback is your weakest point anyway? So you you it looked like you would have leaned in on a running game versus backing away. And then we know what he's done in the other years uh, in terms of fake punts and. <laughs> And stuff like that
1: and so this is a big circle back to to what we're talking about but if you're must champ and you're sitting there looking at money and and you're sitting there going okay I've got plenty of money I got a big buyout Florida's still paying me uh now South Carolina is playing and when when you look back at uh, the conversation when you look at the must champ if you're looking at Georgia you're going why well, I don't want to I don't want to get in that territory if you look at the connection with him and Gus you're looking at that, going that that may not be good either. Uh, that that may not be in a you know a good spot when you look at Gus. So if you look at Muschamp, you say, well, if I go to Tuscaloosa, I can find a way. You know, I know it's longevity, and I, I, I just think Muschamp right now cannot afford to get in an area. Uh, so if you're evaluating the three connections that he has, Kirby Smart, Gus, and and Nick Saban. I think it's a no-brainer that he'll look at Tuscaloosa and, and say, hey, I, I'll go there.
2: And you know another thing that may make him come to Tuscaloosa?
1: Because he needs head coaching training?
2: Yeah, yeah, but but not just because he needs it. Look at what it did for Lane Kiffin. The everybody Lane, everybody Wayne, is looking at Lane Kiffin. <laughs> and no matter how much Lane Kiffin grew outside of Nick Saban, the way he has matured or appears to have <laughs> matured uh, and what he's doing at Ole Miss – is directly going to be always linked back to Nick Saban, and if if he can take that guy and get him to another job, then you know that Muschamp will go. Huh, if he can if he can sure. rehab him, and now now you have. But Ryan, here's the question: who did who did Nick Saban recommend for a job when the guys come in? I mean, there if if Muschamp well, comes, you mice. will now have what five five defensive coordinators and. Four former head coaches on your staff or maybe six
1: well that that might be Pete Golding uh get a job time it it, it may be you know well, you yeah look, but will he
2: will his will his buyout allow him to be the DC or well, is he,
1: and, and then do you do athletic directors see this is the question that I've got is is to kind of circle back around do athletic directors in college football look at defensive minded coaches like if, if you're an ad right now Martin Houston and your your job is to hire a coach that's going to keep you in a job. So you got to hire a guy that you know will help you keep your job. Would you go offense or defense if I, you're looking at a coach?
2: I would go. I would most likely go offense with a guy who has shown the ability to have relationships with a defensive guy or a defensive guy who has shown the ability to take his hands off and bring in a art. I mean, not art brows, but uh, brows out. Uh, and, um, what's the guy down in Miami, um, uh, less, uh, less. Les, no, he's, uh, he was the offensive coordinator at Auburn. Started with an L. What was his name? Uh, it, Matt rule. No, 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 no. He, 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 was the defense coordinator at Auburn. And then he went to Memphis and now he's at, at, a floor, yeah. at Miami. Uh, lastly, Leslie, uh, Oh,
1: yeah, Scott Lashley. Yeah, Scott, Scott Lashley. Okay, yeah, okay, him. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. I, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good.
2: I, I, hey, I would have remembered, but COVID.
1: Dead gum COVID. <laughs> COVID strikes Still again. foggy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and for anybody that thinks I'm making fun of people with COVID, I had it. So let's go.
1: <laughs> Scott Lashley.
2: And, and, Scott Lashley, that's him. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? But that what did Manny Diaz do? That that's 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 what I guarantee you. That's what Miami said because he was a defensive guy, right? Manny Diaz was a defensive guy. He brought in uh, from Alabama, and that didn't work. And he immediately. But I think they told him you have to bring in a capable offensive mind that can 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 uh, you know complement you. That's the only way I go defense though.
1: DeAndre Holt through the break. We'll welcome you into Alabama Tradition coming up in just a couple of minutes. That's Martin Houston. I'm Ryan Fowler. This is Alabama Tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson
2: Tide.
0: Alabama Crimson Tide football on Alabama Tradition with Martin Houston and Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
1: tradition the past present and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide we're talking about Kentucky we're mixing in all the offense and defensive things if you want to jump in you can do that at 205-342-9904 DeAndre it's good to talk to you I hope all is well
3: hey man how y'all doing
1: having a great doing day well. man great day
3: uh, that's good man that's, that's good i sorry I missed the score prediction um earlier um you know, man, get caught up with that remote learning. Get off of work and come home and get directly into the remote learning. I got so I'm, you. I'm, <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: it's, a, it's a busy time, man. It's a busy time. A lot of, a lot oh, of juggling a lot yeah. of different things. but uh, Oh, yeah. DeAndre, oh, what, yeah. what's on your mind, my friend?
3: Man, uh, you know, I'm just excited to watch some Alabama football this this weekend. seems like it's been forever since yes, we've seen Alabama play.
1: What do you expect? Do you expect this team will have some rust, or do you think the rest will be beneficial?
3: I, I think I think a little bit of both, but more of the, the beneficial side. You know, maybe after that first, or second drive, you'll see the same Bama team or whatever. I man, I, I'm still, you know, concerned about you know why it's this the way the LSU situation went down. Why isn't that getting more, you know, I guess conversation. I mean, I'm not saying that the guys didn't have, you know, COVID or what have you, but that was a game that I think we all all looking forward to. I know this is the Kentucky week or whatever, um, and I know next week is Iron Bowl, but I am hoping that's something that um, a game that we can possibly get played, you know, this year. I, I mean, have you heard anything about it or if the game may be rescheduled or if they're just not going to worry about it? Uh,
2: what what The only thing that I've heard that, Uh, is a distinct possibility is uh, Ole Miss and um, LSU kicking back to the 19th because they will not be relevant uh, Mm -hmm. to the championship game, and then Alabama and LSU playing on the 5th. I think what they're waiting to see is what happens this weekend because if Alabama wins this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, Ron, they secure – a spot in the championship game because they would have to lose two games uh um and Auburn has two losses I do they, I, they, yeah. they, I guess they they yeah, may have to wait too. they have to they have to wait and see what's going to happen there uh with this weekend with Auburn and out uh, before they they do it So are you saying
1: uh, we could lose the Iron Bowl and uh, still make it to Atlanta uh, Yeah we could <laughs> Thank you yeah, and and so then you flip that conversation back around. You win Atlanta, you're in, right? Oh, uh, you talking
2: about a nine and one or eight and one uh, SEC team? Absolutely. Well, who you gonna have? Yeah, in, in front of them. I mean, who,
1: so why don't we ask Nick Saban? what well, Coach, you you know, after- why
2: don't you take off the Auburn week? <laughs>
3: Never, <laughs> Man, you talk about a major rant. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, 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 we could set it up like this, DeAndre. We could say, now, Coach, mathematically, you're already in the SEC championship game. You know, you could rest your players next week like the NFL does it uh, in that week number 16 or 17. I'd love to see the explosion. Hey, um, hey but, DeAndre, you, you
2: know, you were talking about you're not saying they did anything with the numbers if the kids were sick or not. You know that the majority of these games have not been canceled because kids are sick, right?
3: Yeah, I think it's been yeah. because not having a certain players.
2: No, no, no. Term- contact tracing. No, I mean yeah, what that's I'm saying that's true. It's, I it's, about only, it's, it's, it's only been one or two players. Uh, you know, when you keep hearing, "Oh my God, it's an outbreak." Well, yeah. most of the time, it's not an outbreak. And here's the beauty of contact tracing: you can be really, really strict in how you report it. And how you don't? That's true. And, That's- and, and and I believe with the reaction of the SEC office and CBS, I believe they think that LSU went on the strict side a little bit because they're frustrated. The SEC, how could how could the SEC office be frustrated at LSU and the CBS be frustrated at LSU, and they legitimately had sick kids who were, were exposed. Unless they felt like there could have been maybe maybe some Hey, was this guy around this guy? Yep. Yep. He what hey, wasn't you around, you know, like the whole Sure what, what, weren't you around him too? Yep, I was Shut around her him. Shut down. Too. Yeah. And so I well, think there may have been a little bit of that LSU um answering the question. Weren't you around him? Weren't you what
1: I I think you didn't you go to his house? Yes, I did exposed well, <laughs> yeah yeah De, DeAndre, <laughs> I, I also think that coach o he's either he was not telling the original truth or he didn't tell it last week as well because yeah. he kept saying well he was working on arkansas then went to alabama then back to arkansas and that was only wednesday morning so there wasn't that many days to work in all the conversations so, <laughs> uh, and,
3: and see that's why i was thinking you know what was the initial atten- attention attention did they really have any intention in playing Alabama this year? You had just got your butt kicked severely by Auburn, uh, you know, a couple of weeks early and then they have to come and play Alabama. You know, if you got beat that bad by Auburn, how bad you think you was going to get beat by Alabama? You know, just kind of, you know, calling it for what it is. But it does make sense with the contact tracing and all of that, you know. I think we do forget about that sometimes. That right there that does play, you know, a major part in the, you know, decision making when it comes to college football. It's just been a blessing to to just have the sport during this uh, season or whatever. And then, you know, the fact that I think the SEC has done a really, really good job at how they have managed it thus thus far. I think this this past weekend was the first time we had these many games canceled at one time, I want to say, right since the season has started. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, you know, so that's been a good thing. So I'm just hoping that the guys can, Finish the season healthy, man, and then you know everything can just kind of start trending back in the um, on the normal side. But before I let you go, Ryan, how you think Tua's been doing down there with the Dolphins? We looking okay, right? Uh,
1: looks pretty good, man. Uh, and Martin and I were talking about that yesterday at lunch uh, with Tua yeah. uh, Tongavaloa, and you know Alabama needs that positive publicity guy. Uh, you know you can put a linebacker in there, you can put a running back. No offense to Martin here. Uh, <laughs> But it's quarterback. I mean, you guys know that quarterback gets the love, right? I mean, when you when you're one of the 32 teams that you've got to start in quarterback, it's a lot of positive publicity. I mean, think about what we've what we've received for Tua in the last couple of weeks of starting. What if he becomes this franchise quarterback and you get that publicity and right. you're, you know your quarterback, you're sitting in the high school ranks and you're going, Tua did this in Tuscaloosa and. You know, it kind of gets you over an image point that uh, that you're trying to make.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. What's crazy is is Tua gets that love. The running back, you know, make a statement this weekend. Don't forget about us. When four of the it was one seven one hundred yard games, and four of them were uh, former Alabama running back. That is gigantic. Uh, That yeah. (laughs) So so it's like it's like, and then and then of course you had Rugs and Judy meeting for the first time, and the week before that you had Judy rugs i mean judy uh ritley and uh jones all on the same field i mean so every week there's these stories and we've never had quarterback in our li- think about when was the last time alabama quarterback was even relevant
3: in, in the nfl
2: in the nfl in a conversation in in in, in your lifetime
1: deandre nope, you- no
3: you not not in my not in my lifetime i mean alabama I mean,
2: fans I mean, have you not
1: go back to jeff Rutledge. Yes. yeah Rutledge. <laughs> And, I mean, he was just – it was a backup, a long-time backup. Yeah. But he had some – Success, yeah. But that's
3: – And that's then this weekend, you got Judy. Jared Judy is going to be on the field, on the other side, you know, the receiver, and you got – you know, because Miami playing Denver this weekend, you know, that's going to be another 3 o'clock CBS game or whatever. <laughs> so, I know Judy Judy is ready to get up out of Denver, man, because he got – man, that guy is awesome, but he don't have anybody to throw in the ball. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You Dude. don't like Drew Love? He, uh, I mean, (laughs) I liked him. I liked him better at Missouri. Okay, (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying he can't be a good quarterback. He could be, you know. I'm, I'm, you know, maybe.
1: When's the last time Denver had a productional quarterback? I mean, Peyton Manning at the end of his career. But you look at Denver. I mean, it's been like where quarterbacks go to die. Isn't Isn't that typical though?
2: Look who's trying to get him there he's probably looking for himself versus looking at the quarterbacks of today that's a great being point. John Elway great point great i mean point. a lot great. of times you see guys struggle with that when they're called to be the one that finds the that next guy a lot of times they can't because they can't get past what they did well what how yeah. they played the game versus what's you know what the new new quarterbacks are and what they look like and what they bring to the table hey
1: and, and DeAndre, let me, let me say this before I let you go Martin was just talking about the running backs, and this is how great the image department in uh, is at Alabama. Charles Huff, which is the running back coach at the University of Alabama, uh, he just put up an image from Alabama. It says, Bama, running back you four times 100. Uh, so he's got Josh Jacobs. He's got Kenyon Drake. He's got Derrick Henry. He's got Damian Harris. And uh, even a quote here uh, from Damian saying, playing running back at Alabama is nothing like I've ever experienced the history, the tradition playing running back at Alabama uh, has a severity and a seriousness to it, uh, Damian Harris. So you, you look at that, as Martin was giving you the quote seven <laughs> rushers this weekend in, in the NFL went over 100 yards. Four of those wow. were from Alabama.
3: <laughs> and it's only going, let me tell you, Ryan, it's only going to get better over the, uh, with the upcoming years. I mean, it's it's only it's only gonna get we won't have more and more players that's gonna to go to the NFL. It's gonna be NFL ready. I think Najee Harris gonna have a big career in the NFL too, you know. So that's that's an awesome stat, hey, man.
1: Hey, good talking to you, DeAndre. Please call again. Thank you, man.
3: And one more thing, Ryan. That coach that you guys was talking about, uh, Rhett Lashley. That's the guy that y'all was talking about from um
1: And we tried it yeah, we said Scott Lashley. Martin yeah. I, Martin Martin and I are getting old. We're <laughs>
2: I told you, we <laughs>
1: got he, he, part of it right.
2: He, I had to a- – yeah, 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 you, you got, got it right. Ashley, you got part of it right. You had to Ashley, <laughs> and, and then we gave him – then we called him Scott. I mean, I'm sure there's a Scott last year. Would that be the guy that left here and went to play at well, Mississippi State? We're, we're, that's him. That's a good off- <laughs> former a offensive that's the, lineman. That's the Alabama offensive Hey, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's right. he was. So
3: we
1: were <laughs> – so
2: hey, We were close. We were in the ballpark. Offensive lineman at Mississippi State. That's
1: That's a great point. Offensive coordinator
2: to – Miami, I mean, come on.
1: Dead gum COVID. This mask, I'm having to wear this mask. It's cutting off the air, the brain, you know, the circulation, oxygen, man. I would have got it right,
2: but COVID.
1: So. I got to get this window open. Thanks to y'all. Right,
3: good talking to you guys, man. We
1: continue with more of Alabama tradition, the past, present, and future of the Alabama Crimson Tide.
0: A fine fall afternoon, sunshine and full supply, the high 64. Tonight clear and cold with the low at 35. We stay dry tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs in the low to mid 60s between 62 and 65. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9.
1: You're listening to Tide 100.9. Are you in the holiday spirit? Check out Tuscaloosa's Home for the Holidays on Nick 97.5.
0: All Christmas songs 24-7.
1: Alabama-Kentucky, when we talk about this game, you know, you look at Alabama, and I think Nick Saban kind of said it, uh, control what you can control. And I think the, the system that Nick Saban has implemented over the last 14 years, it's really set up for something like this because I think that's when other players and other coaches have struggled is when Nick Saban says control what you can control. The only thing we can do is what's in front of us. We cannot look behind... Uh, and I think that Nick Saban process of also working about it's not about them, it's about us. It's it's not about that particular uh, team. They really believe if they execute every single play that they're going to win the game. When you look at Kentucky, it's a chance to get better. Martin, when you look at this game, where's the one area that you're going to be focused on early on uh, to know that this Alabama team has taken the last 21 days at that point and it will be focused on on finding a way to win a national title you know the goal here in Tuscaloosa
2: well first of all it would be to look at the defensive side of the ball uh, and see where things are in terms of their engagement their intensity their their mental focus Ryan and and to see if if Sabin incorporates some of this um, zone because I think that the quarterbacks going to want to try to run the ball I think they're going to try to use that. Because everybody says that that's what how you hurt Nick Saban, so I believe that we'll we'll see uh, if that's the case and see if they take time to be ready. But we need For, to be
1: tested in that area.
2: Absolutely, I, I think that's a good thing because if we end up facing a Justin Fields, you know, and to me, Ryan, these dual threat quarterbacks that's that's partly why these offenses, your, your DBs and your extra guys are running down the field with their back to the line of scrimmage, and this dual threat guys running right behind them, you know, but. If you run a little zone, mixed zone in, and they don't know which one it is, it makes that quarterback a little less timid to just take off immediately. From the offensive side of the ball, I think our, I think our passing game is going to be what it is. I think this could be Najee Harris's biggest game. Um, they have a great secondary. I think we'll <laughs> – actually listen to this, right? I think we're going to use the running game.
1: Oh, my heavens.
2: I know where you're going. to Open up the passing game.
1: Oh, it's been a while. Play
2: action pass. Oh, my – I mean, What? I mean, I really think so. So we could actually have a, a game where Najee Harris comes out. I think it has a big game. I don't know how many touchdowns, but I think he could have his potentially have his highest uh, yardage total.
1: Martin, we know uh, Devontae Smith, and you know we've debated whether he could walk out of here being the greatest wide receiver in Alabama history. Yeah, Sir, if he left yesterday. I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you, but uh, big
2: time, big time, big so, games, all.
1: We, we know Devontae Smith. We know John Mechie. And, uh, you know, the more I, I watch this young man play, I'm, I'm kinda, I mean, I think he's... <laughs> he's right there with him. He's, he's Next good. up. <laughs> hey, next up, as you said. So, but who's that number three guy? Now, we've heard some good news this week uh, from Matt Zenitz, AL.com, reporting that uh, Jalen Waddle could get that cast off. And, you know, you think about it. I mean, when you get this much of a break, uh, back about a month ago, when you look at uh, that Tennessee game, it was October the twenty fourth, uh, so you know it's it's right at about a month. Uh, you know, uh, an elite athlete like Jalen Waddell, When you know, not saying that he's going to be back because I'm not I'm not there yet. But uh, if it was a clean ankle break, then you know you might be able to find a way to get him back at the playoffs. Especially if you might push some of these things back, and I'm not sure if they will or not, uh, or, or they won't. But uh, that may be a possibility. But who's that third guy? You, you've got to find that number three guy because it's sometimes you're going to play elite secondaries that's going to take your guys away. Who's going to step well, up in that Well,
2: we, we assume it has to be a receiver that's that third guy, and and that's not the case. I, I think Slade Bolton showed that he had he, – here's what I saw. Slade Bolton was not expected to play, Ryan, maybe a couple plays. He had six catches for 94 yards. They did not change the game plan. There was no adjustment to what the game plan was. They put him in there, and they ran the offense against Tennessee as they would normally. There's a whole nother set of things that when it comes to playing uh, and going down uh, when you go through practice and all that. Here's, here's, here's what we're missing. Devontae Smith is just good. Okay? Smooth. But who, who, why do you think John Mechie and Mac Jones are so on point on deep balls? Because that's who he threw to last year. That's why he was so in touch with Jalen Waddle when he came into the Auburn game last year, because that's the guy he worked with with the twos as the number one. That's why Slade Bolden comes in and he's a, a natural fit. Everybody's forgetting this, though, Ryan. Guess who else has been a part of the passing game Who whose role would increase? Forestall, you're wow. getting to Forestall right now as the fourth option. Well, he may be open as the third option. You just don't get to him enough, so don't sell that short. And then don't forget the running back. Don't forget Najee Harris. So you still have five guys who can catch the ball, and the third guy, Bowden, may not be what Metu was, but I think that also increases more touches for Miller Forestall and Najee Harris in their passing game. And I think that's how you replace that And you look guy. at
1: Miller uh, to get that shoulder. It was a nagging shoulder injury that kept, you know, every time every he Every time he get hit. Yeah. So now you kind of give a couple of weeks. And uh, with a great medical staff at the campus of the University of Alabama, with Jeff Allen, uh, Dr. Robinson, Dr. Fowler, the Andrews Sports Clinic, uh, to just work. I mean, they work magic over there. Uh, it's yeah, simply amazing. Jeff Allen.
2: Uh, <laughs> I hey, love that guy. Hey,
1: no doubt, J- Jeff. Can I get a little of that magic stuff that you I just think
2: he's did? been the MVP, right? You know, we talk about it being uh, you point. know Cochran and so, but he well, I mean, look at the look at look, at, look, games, at, look at, he's look, got people back. Hey, do we win the national championship if he doesn't get uh, Terrell Kendrick? Lewis Drake? Forget the cast back. Yeah. I mean the you know the
1: bulletproof cast. Well, that I he was played talking with. about the Trail Lewis play at Georgia. Yeah, he he made that made that forced him a field goal that allowed a touchdown to beat him. Yeah, I mean there's several.
2: That's another whole thank story. Thank you, Jeff but Allen.
1: Thank you, Jeff Allen. We love you, Jeff Allen. <laughs> you know we, we 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 probably talk about more trainers uh, <laughs> than any other. I mean, and Scott Cochran, see what you could have had. You could have continued to be the hero. Now you're in Athens. Nobody knows your name. Who, who's that this guy from Alabama? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But I'm I'm not disappointed with the replacement. No, I'm
1: not either. <laughs> Big thanks to Josh. Big thanks to Bryant. That's Martin Houston. Alabama tradition. Martin wakes you up tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. I'll see you at 2. Uh, we're closing down Alabama tradition. Roll Tide, everybody. Southern Owl House, 15.